people, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're lockdown. not in a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit and no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. It's not the end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'm going with child. Hey, fuck you, Parker. I'm going with you. Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit. Because the whole world got crazy. Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. Welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends from the Holmes Movies Podcast team. I nearly screwed up that introduction there. I had a little bit of a brain fart where I was like, Holmes Movies, but, and then, but I, I saved it. I saved it. It was good. No, you didn't. You just fucked it up. <laughs> I didn't. You, you tried to say the intro. You didn't. You, you nearly fucked up. Then you didn't. And then you told everyone about how you nearly fucked up, thereby fucking it up. Anyways, here's Adam. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Your t-shirt is very adorable. Oh, thank you. Anders is wearing a t-shirt that says a Martin Scorsese picture on it. Yeah, it's. I bought this from a website called Redbubble. They sell like uh, memorabilia and you can get like themed t-shirts and things like that. I got another one, another Martin Scorsese one, which is basically the Marvel logo, but it spells Martin Scorsese. I got that around the time when, um, you know, when he sort of went after Marvel films. And oh God, that feels like... Decades ago. <laughs> Do, you know what I mean? Do you remember when we were all talking about that instead of COVID and racial hatred and, um, you know, government corruption and Russians murdering American soldiers? Do you remember when it was just Marvel versus old movie directors? Those were yeah. the days, weren't they? Yeah, simpler times, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, have you been, have you seen this like controversy with Christopher Nolan? I thought it was just a bit of a joke. I don't think. No, it's the weird it's just like he said he said he doesn't want chairs on his set because he doesn't want people Here's the thing. It reminds me of that bit in family guys they don't want, get this they don't want people leaning on it <laughs> here's the thing i just like like yes like the whole chair fiasco thing just boggled my head so much i what? it just i don't know i got so he's a movie director he's supposed to be eccentric sam fuller used to point guns at people <laughs> no but the thing is Everybody who retweeted that quote where Anne Hathaway says he doesn't allow chairs on sets because there's a risk that people will not be le- will be lazy and not work. As someone who has been on movie sets, I agree with that. When you sit down, you're not working because most of the time when you're in a movie set, you are running around making sure that everything's, you know, making sure that, you know, you're not wasting money and things like that. You don't want to like sit down and be like, okay, I'll let somebody else do it because then no one's going to take them seriously. So and otherwise nothing's going to get done. 
and a lot of people who were commenting on this and like saying fuck nolan and you fucking pushy and shit like it's the internet of course he could you could tweet out Anne hathaway could have said christopher nolan doesn't like milk in his tea and people would have been like fuck you yeah but it's just it's the amount like people really got it's the i've told you a million times it doesn't have to sit down with you once a year and just take you by the shoulders as a big brother and say look it's twitter everyone on twitter is an idiot yeah i know like every place just, just, just leave it out. It's it like, like even, even his spokespeople oh, had to be like, he doesn't hate chairs. He actually does allow chairs on sets. He even sits on one when he's at the monitor watching the shots. The only thing he bans, <laughs> <laughs> the only things he bans are cigarettes and mobile phones. Oh, and oh, fuck, okay, now fuck off, mate. A as a as a former smoker. You, of course you should be allowed to smoke. It's the movies. If you're not smoking, you're not in show business. And B, phones, like, what if I want to, you know, check on the Arsenal score? What do I have, What do I do then? What if I want to go for a fag and check what the score is? In the, what if I want to watch the Arsenal match between scenes? Now I'm angry. I don't give a shit about the chairs, but if I can stand up and smoke a cigarette and look at, the, at, look at Arsenal Twitter, yeah. then, you know, that, that's, that's a happy worker. No, but I just felt oh, like... Cut. I know, I'm never watching one of his films again. That's it, I'm boycotting him. Yeah, I know, but it was just like... It was cigarettes. What's wrong with him? There's it's a like, film industry. There's probably people doing rails, like fucking mountain drifts of coke off, you know, tables because they don't, you know, and, and standing at the tables because they don't yeah. have chairs. And, 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 you know, and doing all sorts of weird, like, showbiz drugs. And you know, one, you know, an older character actor shows up and he's got a pack of... Pack of Marlboros, and he wants to step outside and have a cigarette. And Chris Nolan's like, "No, arrest that man! <laughs> Get him away! Get him off my set!" What, what on earth? Yeah, well, I mean, Tarantino—he bans phones from his sets, and he doesn't allow. Well, I feel like there's also the, there's also another funny thing that he does. And I mean, Kurt Russell has said in interviews, like when you're when you're working on a Tarantino set, you got to come to play. You can't be lazy or anything like that. And apparently, he was talking about this on the Graham Norton show when he was doing press work for The Hateful Eight. And apparently, like, if there's a moment where people, like, are taking a nap or falling asleep on set because they're tired or whatever, they get, like, they get some, they get, get, oh, this guy's over here sleeping, get Big Richie, which, and Big Richie is basically a big dildo that they just shove in people's faces while they're sleeping, and then they take a picture of it, and then they have, like, a whole Hollywood wall of fame of, like, people sleeping with a big dildo in their face. That sounds like definite workplace bullying, but okay. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a like, great they story. Like one, they showed like one picture of Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards where he's just like asleep, and then there's like in the frame, there's like this big purple like yeah. thing. I guess it's I guess it's one thing when it's Brad Pitt, but if it's a uh, you get into a bit of ter- a bit of uh, interesting territory if you're doing that to your female co-stars. But anyway, yeah. All dildos like- aside, dildos aside, um, the um, there's a great story about Victor McLaglin. <laughs> And, you know, like John Ford used to run like a pretty tyrannical set. And yeah. if you, I mean, talk about coming to play. I mean, this is the thing about these twerps. You know, they are, they've got nothing on the old old school directors. And of course, like laziness on in any organization, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not good for morale and it doesn't do anything. But this idea that you have to be sort of, it's, this feels very corporate, this culture of like, running around like a blue ass fly having you know doing something all the time because actually yeah. ends up not being very productive but um you know in any case um i think the old hollywood guys i mean th- they would laugh at this because 
you know, if you if you slacked off on a John Ford set, you were essentially murdered. But yeah. the um, the one person who could do that was Victor McLaglen, and he apparently John Ford would be there like barking orders at everyone. And there was that thing he used to do where if you fucked up, he'd say assume the position, and then then you had to bend over and he'd kick you in the butt. And um, and but Victor McLaglen would just lie down like with a newspaper and fall asleep, and there was nothing anyone could do because he was huge and Irish, and you know that was that was it. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I saw quite a lot of funny stuff about it yesterday on on uh, Twitter. Yeah, I know. I mean, like people, people, people saw that. Like, there was a lot of good humor about it. I think there was a lot of good. There was a lot of good humor, but there was also a lot of ridiculous, needless idiocy that came from people who were just like cancel culture tried to cancel Nolan because of a fucking chair, and that just yeah, and, and they'll cancel anything. I mean, there, there are people out there who. I mean, there are people out there who want to cancel things, and and yeah. rightly so. Like I mean, never, were, never mind the fact that there's a pandemic going on. Never mind the fact about Black Lives <laughs> Matters. No, one thing that grinds my gears, Christopher Nolan doesn't like chairs on his set. I am angry. And I think those people are in a minority, though. I, I don't, but I like, didn't, I didn't see very much about it. Twitter, it feels like a big majority a little bit. But then it's just like, I don't know. I think, I think maybe that's, I don't know. I didn't see, I didn't see very much of that. Uh, I think you need to follow some different people. Um, yeah, probably. But, but the, uh, no, I, I mostly saw funny stuff. Um, yeah. I, I felt, I just felt the need to, sort of, I mean, especially when people like were slagging him off a little bit, I kind of felt the need to. Sort but there's, of, and there are people out there who abuse people for any reason. Like, you know, it's not, I mean, we've talked about this a thousand times. It's, yeah, it's yeah. you can't, you, th this, is, this is the thing. If you're going to go on social media, you're going to get these, yeah. these things that are going to happen. You know, it's, this is why, this is why the political situation is the way it is because you 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 know social media has been allowed to sort of roam unregulated for as long as it has and it does give a voice to extreme opinions and there is a complete lack of nuance and but, but and right now people are around the world are just so angry i mean you, could talk, you know, people will lose their shit over not having to wear a mask in a supermarket let alone whether or not christopher nolan has chairs on his set and um, yeah, people don't like privilege and people don't like, you know, artistic eccentricity or um, strange little idiosyncrasies uh, at this time. It's like everyone has to be serious and everyone has to be angry. And it's, yeah, that's social media. And that's a lot of, unfortunately, that's a lot of stuff that goes on beyond social media as well. Yeah. So I don't, um, I don't think it's worth getting too worried about. It's just that's I, know, I just it it, it it I mean, a part of me did laugh a little bit at it because I was like, people are getting angry over this, really. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure a lot of people were doing it for fun. Like, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. were like having to laugh at you know, saying they should cancel Christopher Owen and not really meaning it. So yeah, I know. I just it, it it just felt like it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back because like the whole like trying to get tenant into cinemas even when it's like not really safe these days to go to the cinema i think that's been pissing off a lot of people and i think this thing with the chairs was it just set them off in my opinion i mean yeah i mean i think there's, there's probably some there's probably some truth to that and um and i think the sort of persona that he has is one that's sort of vulnerable to um becoming a bit of a symbol because he is such a I mean, he's quite arrogant, isn't he? And he's quite sort of full of himself. So yeah, you're going to get you're going to get some of that. I mean, that's the problem with becoming a superstar director is that yeah. you you slightly it's, it isn't really the director shouldn't really be the star ideally. Um, 
and when he becomes it, it becomes a little bit, um, you know, it, it can muddy the waters of what he's trying to do and what the films are trying to do. Um, so anyway, um, what are we doing? Recommending an episode? Recommending a film? Yeah, yeah, it's my, my, yeah, sorry, it's your go now. Yeah. I'm going to recommend a French film um, again, but it's going to be the uh, 2006 thriller Tell No One, which is actually adapted from an American book by Harlan Coben. Um, It's a very good movie. It is a very good film. it is a it is a very interesting. I, mean, I want to try and talk about it without giving too much away. Essentially, um, a man's wife is murdered, but eight years later, it appears that she may not actually be dead, uh, and that there is a conspiracy in place to um, uh, that that puts his life in danger and that puts the lives of people he cares about in danger. Um, the, yeah. the 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 great thing about this film is the protagonist uh played fantastically by um francois Clouzet. i mean he's his name is uh, alexander beck he's a doctor he's a really good doctor he's a he's a, uh, i think pediatrician um and despite having this tremendous um uh cross to bear of his wife's death and disappearance um you know which he you know he gets that out by he lives a lonely life he just seems to drink a lot um he has a dog but he's he's obviously broken but at work he's like he's all professional mm. and he's he's clearly just such a great person and it, it one of the things that happens is the bit like in the fugitive you know he's it seems like he might have committed a crime or at least the police think he has so it's the classic setup of the wrong man which is you know, going back to hitchcock and going back to um, you know, it's a tale as old as time. And there are some chase sequences in this film that are just out of this world amazing. And um, and he is, um, I mean, uh, put through the ringer. And it is a very visceral, um, there are moments in this film that are incredibly visceral in terms of like yeah. physical pain and, and actual danger. There's a bit where he has to run across a motorway uh, he's escaping from the police and it really feels like they did that and it, I don't know how they filmed it but it is absolutely stunningly done um the um the, there is also a bit actually I should say in the chase sequence where he's in this um sort of thrift story like it's a collection of like it's a flea market essentially on the edges of like or not on the on the outskirts of Paris a little bit, uh, but within the market there are all these like restaurants and things. And one of those is this thing called a there's a there's this type of French establishment called a ganguette, where it's essentially you sit down at long tables, you eat traditional food, and in between the meals uh, there is like a band and uh, like an accordion band, and people get up and sing Edith Piaf and uh, uh, Maurice Chevalier and things like that. And the ganguette that he runs through in the film is one that I went to five years ago. Really? With, uh, yeah, with friends uh, of, of ours, uh, Lily and I went with friends of ours in Paris, and it, um, it was I had no idea what I was rewatching. I hadn't seen it since then, uh, and so it was a really nice um, little like, oh, crap, yeah. I've been there. Um, anyway, so the film is great. The film is also a really good depiction of a kind of 
France, a kind of Paris that we don't often see in uh, the cinema that escapes the country. I think a lot of the time we still see Paris as a, or France as a very white place, a very kind of like cutesy yeah. traditional French place with accordion music and, and berets and garlic and baguettes. There are some, you know, this film takes us into the bolnias, into the um, into the um, like the projects essentially. Um, there's a great yeah. character called Bruno who kind of helps out our protagonist Alexander. I love that character. I love that moment when like Bruno and his friends kind of help him, you know, yeah. from the police. I love that moment in the movie. Yeah, and it's like, and there's a sequence afterwards where he's safe and he's in Bruno's car and they're driving through Paris and some like this R and B song comes on and you see people playing basketball under the over over like over the elevated metro and like you see a different Paris in that moment and it feels very deliberate but it also is subtle like yeah it's it's sort of it's demonstrating that this is a more of a world city than maybe we give it credit for and, and more of a diversity than is shown and I think you know and there are huge problems with um uh you know with the kind of racial segregation that goes on with the projects on the outskirts and everything else so I, it doesn't it's not really the film isn't dwelling on that it's not really speaking to that at all but just in its choice to um to just show it and on its choice to include um quite a you know a diverse cast of characters is yeah. uh, is great uh, speaking of the cast of characters this film also includes a fantastic uh, performance from um Kristen scott thomas in french um she lives in paris after all and um and yeah the, the supporting cast is just generally very good yeah it, um, they, it feels like a really good cast of characters and they all feel very realistic and three-dimensional there isn't like a caricature or anything like that everyone it, it just they feel like they're your friends or your family members and things like that and it's a really it's a really great eclectic sort of group of people yeah no, it's uh it's splendid so it's it's a it's a proper thrill ride yeah um a lot of twists, a lot of red hair. Yeah, plenty of twists along the way. Um, if I was being really finicky, I might say maybe one or two twists too far. But I think generally, it is a <clears throat> it's a, it's a it's a very very um, fine thriller. The actual moments of peril are um, yeah as exciting as anything you'll see in in any of the great uh, modern thrillers. So um, go check it out. It's also, it's, it's pleasingly different. There are also some great uses of music on the soundtrack, uh, U2. Um, there's this great moment where he suddenly realizes something and a U2 song starts playing. They use Jeff Buckley at another point. Um, as I mentioned, there's there's some good like R&B and you know, stuff on there. So uh, go see it. It's different. It's widely available um, because it came out in 2006. So um, it should be very easy to watch. And um, and yeah, because we can't travel to France if you're in America, uh, the yeah. best next best thing is uh, watching a French film. So that's me. I will leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you read any of Harlan Coben's books? No. Do you want to? Not really. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I mostly I mostly read older thrillers. To be honest, I, I love going back and reading like paperbacks from Cold War. That's my rag these days. Yeah. I think it's interesting how they they were able to take like an American story and then just put it into a, into a, a French context. I think that works. I think they did a really good job with that. They did. They yeah. did. And the music's really good. And also, I told you that already. <laughs> but like, also the bad guys, the bad guys, great. It's got great antagonists. I thought I said I was done. <laughs> no, but I was just adding a hunter. <laughs> so, <laughs>
Yeah, I think I have. This episode short, goddammit. Short, <laughs> short. Fair enough. Well, yeah, well, that concludes uh, Adam's recommendation. Tell no one. Do check it out. Uh, tell you... everyone to watch Tell No One. Yeah. Tell everyone to watch Tell No One. Tell no one to watch La La Land. <laughs> uh, you don't like that movie at all, do you? I was just trying to think of a film I don't like. Uh, what other films don't I like? Um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl, Face Off. You don't yeah. like Face Off? Oh, uh, yeah. Closer, that's another one that's shit. Um, yes. I don't know, I could go through shit, Die Another Day. Well, we talked about that a lot of times. Maybe we should just do a thing where we list other worst films. Or, like, talk about films that everyone... Strictly loves. Ballroom. There's a crap film. I haven't seen that. Well, I did, I, I'd be interested because I feel like... made me watch it once. Awful, awful. <laughs> I do feel like there's a lot of films out there that everybody loves that I have an issue with or I don't really like as much. There's a few films I'd be interested to talk about. Okay. Well, maybe we should do that. We should do, like, um, uh, Salon de Refuse of... Uh, of um, Friend of films. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yep, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Fabricius91, F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S-9-1. Adam, you are at... Jesus. You are at the... I'm not at Jesus. <laughs> I'm not. No, that is I, not my account. I, I live next to a busy road and there was a motorcyclist who wanted to, you know, he's trying to compensate for something, I think. Okay, no, I, I am at the Northampton Dane on Twitter. Cool. And I'm on Instagram too. <laughs> I like Walter Cronkite. I'm also on <laughs> Instagram. At 11.46 this morning, adam.h.f.homes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug? W.E.D. Du Bois or anything like Oh, that? as usual, yeah. The Du Bois Centre where I work at UMass Amherst. Um, we have um, there's good content available through which you can find through our website, um, which handles will link to uh, duboiscentre.umass.edu. Um, we're on Twitter too, at Du Bois UMass, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois Centre on Instagram. Um, we're actually working on our own series of podcasts. It's been disrupted due to COVID, but we'll we're getting there um but there are there are some other good stuff that you can find through our website and i think i just generally recommend um reading um du bois and you know similar authors uh because it just shows how the problems of our own time stretch um stretch back very far and how you know a lot of people have known where the issues stem from um for a very long time and it just shows it's a it's a more damning indictment of our society that we've spent so many decades without doing anything about it i will get off my soapbox now and yeah. uh go and actually do my job mm. well that yeah well said um nothing more really to say but uh yeah stay safe wear a mask don't be a cunt yeah definitely don't be a cunt yeah have a good day everyone